0: Good morning, church family. We want to take just a moment to welcome you once again here to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. We're so thankful that uh, all of you came out to be with us this morning. Very special welcome to our visitors that we may have in the audience as well. This morning, you are definitely part of our family as well. Um, I want to take just a moment to thank the elders of the congregation here for giving me the opportunity to come before you this morning and share a little bit of God's Word with you this morning Um, I'm just so thankful that I was given this opportunity. I've had the opportunity to do this a couple of times now, and I just get so much out of it every time that I do. So I want to thank the elders. I also want to thank Jason. I know he's watching on the live stream this morning for giving me the opportunity. And a big thank you to my cheering section back here who uh, made it out, and they're always so good about coming out when I get the chance to speak, and we're just very thankful for, uh, for all of them as well. So this morning, before we get into the lesson, I do want to take just a moment to remind you folks about the Women's Bible Study tonight. And the reason I bring that up is I was remiss last week during the announcements, and I actually forgot to announce it. So I do apologize, um, and just want a quick reminder about the, uh, the Women's Bible Study tonight. Please make it out if you're able to do so. So this morning, what we're going to talk for just a few minutes about is we're going to talk about getting into the game. And this morning, it's all about being an active Christian and being a part of the game. And for those of you who are sports fans you are going to love this sermon. For those of you who are not sports fans please just hang in there with me. I promise there'll be something for you as well. But we're going to kind of draw a parallel between our walk as Christians and an athlete's walk because there are a lot of similarities that maybe we haven't thought of in the past. So that's what we're going to talk just a little bit about this morning. And what we want to focus on is being an active Christian and getting in the game and not sitting on the sidelines because that is so important. And I think sometimes we we get into that place in our lives where we kind of let other people take the lead or let other people do the work, so to speak. So what we're going to focus on this morning is how do we make sure that we're in the game? How do we make sure that we are prepared? How do we make sure that we are ready when game time comes? And that's where we're going to kind of draw that parallel to a Christian's life with an athlete's life. Now, before we, before we dive into the scripture, I want to share a story with you. When I was probably five or six, um, I got my first taste of baseball in the form of t-ball. I think that's how most of us probably got started. And for those of you who know me, this is such a great opportunity this morning because I get to share two of my passions, and that's my faith and sports. And the second one probably drives my wife crazy, but that's okay, she, uh, she lets me watch sports once in a while at least. So, but what I want to share with you is a story from my childhood. When I was a kid, when I was about five or six, I played on my first t-ball team. We were sponsored by uh, the local newspaper, which was called the Journal Gazette back in my hometown. And, you know, back then, we actually read newspapers, like the physical paper. So they were our sponsors back then. And I'll never forget, I played with a little kid. And I'm actually going to change his name because some of my friends watch the live stream back home in Illinois, and I don't want to embarrass anybody. But we'll call him Johnny for the purposes of of today's lesson. But I played with a little boy named Johnny. And my dad was the coach of the T-ball team. And, you know, back then, everything is fair. All the kids get the same amount of playing time. And you want to make sure that everybody feels included and involved in what's going on? Well this little boy Johnny, he would sit at the end of the bench and he would cry if he wasn't in the game. Which at that age I guess is really not all that surprising that he would be upset that he's not getting to play. But the ironic twist to this story is then when he went into the game he would go out to left field, he would sit with his back to the field, his glove would be about five or six feet away from him in the grass, his hat would be on the other side and he would sit there and pick the dandelions and pick the grass and play with the dirt and he would start to cry. So he would cry until he came back out of the game. So the reason I want to share this story with you this morning is sometimes I feel like as Christians, we do the exact same thing, right? We're upset because we're not in the game and we know we need to be in the game, but then when we get in the game, sometimes we want out of the game. So that's what I want to focus on this morning is how do we get in the game and what are the things that we can do to make sure that we're in the game as well. So the first scripture that I want to share with you, and if you have your Bibles, please feel free to open your Bibles. If you don't, I've got them on the screens for us as well. But the first scripture I want to share with you is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. And it reads, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths so paul preaching to timothy Reminds him about just what we're talking about this morning about the importance of being in the game and staying in the game and being prepared and Encouraging one another so those are some of the things that we're going to talk a little bit about this morning I promise I won't take too much of your time this morning But those are some of the things that we're going to focus on as we draw these parallels And the first thing we're going to talk about is defense right so for my sports fans out there We always talk about the best offense is a good defense So one of the things that we wanna focus on this morning is what exactly does that mean as Christians for us to play defense? So what does that mean to play defense? Well, when we think of playing defense, or at least I do, I think about the times that we become vulnerable, okay? When we feel guilty about things that we've done in the past, we open ourselves up, right? When we doubt our abilities or our talents, that's when we open ourselves up and that's when we need to play defense. So I'm gonna share a story with you. Um, Because my wife says I need to be more transparent, so I'm working on being more transparent. So one of the times that the enemy, or Satan in this case, can come into our lives is when we start to doubt ourselves. So I'm going to share with you a story about the first time that I came up here to this stage. And I don't remember now exactly how long ago it's been, but the very first time I came up, and a lot of you were here, um, we did putting on the whole armor of God, and that was the very first time that I had the opportunity to come up here. But the reason I want to share this with you is, when I came up here, I was scared to death. Absolutely, 100% scared to death. About a month beforehand, I was standing back at the, uh, at the AV booth talking to Mike and talking to Jason, and Jason had said, almost off the cuff, hey, I'm going to be out of town um, on XYZ date, would you mind uh, filling in for me? And you know how sometimes you get caught up in the moment and you go, yeah, I'll do that. So I said, yeah, Jason, I'll do that, no problem well we were on our way home from church that Sunday morning and I turned to Lizzie and I said what did I just do did I just volunteer to? I did I just volunteered to preach didn't I so I spent all this time preparing writing out notes getting ready meditating praying and I got here that morning and I thought I can't do this I've bitten off more than I can chew and as I sat down here in the front as service progressed I got up and I I went to go get a drink of water and I actually thought what would happen if I just walked out the back door right now? (laughs) Now I've seen a lot of things, I grew up in the church, I've seen a lot of things in my day but I've never seen the preacher bolt out the back door before, before services, right? So wouldn't that have been ironic? But my point is, is when we start to doubt ourselves and when we start to doubt our abilities, that's exactly what the enemy wants, right? Because he doesn't want us to come up here and share the gospel. He doesn't want us to talk to our coworkers. He wants it to be hard because that's when we start to doubt ourselves and we start to say, I can't do this. So we have to play defense. We have to make sure that we're ready when those times come. I want to share with you 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. So again, if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn. If not, we've got it up on the screen for you as well. But it says, in your hearts. Honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make defense to anyone who asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So he warns us about this need to play defense, this need that we have, this preparation that we need to make. And again, we talk about when we start to doubt ourselves, we talk about when we feel guilty. What about when we carry around guilt from mistakes that we've made in the past? We know that God's forgiven us, right? Because he offers us grace and he offers us mercy. But sometimes we beat ourselves up over that. And we start to doubt. And we start to feel guilty for the things that we've done in the past. And sometimes that pushes us away from our walk with God. So we need to be prepared to play defense for that. What about when we have a bad day? We all go through bad days, right? I have them. Everybody in this room, I suspect, has bad days, right? But the key is, how do we react to those bad days? Sometimes we react in anger. Right? Sometimes we react in frustration. Sometimes we say, God, you're not listening. Why are you not listening? Why are you not answering my prayers? That's exactly what the enemy wants, and that's why we have to play defense, and we have to be prepared for that because those times of self-doubt, that's when, the, that's when we're going to run into problems. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 7 kind of gives us a little bit of instruction on what to do. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. So again, the importance of playing defense, right? Being prepared, not letting those things happen, not letting those things consume us, not letting those things overwhelm us. The Bible teaches us what to do. What does it say? It says, let it go, right? Let it go. Before you go to bed, you let it go. You forgive those who have hurt you. You forgive those who have done you wrong, even if they don't deserve it, right? We have to be the ones to forgive. We have to be the bigger person. And I know you've heard that your whole life, be the bigger person, be the bigger person. But that's exactly what God instructs us to do. He instructs us to give it to him and let it go because it's on us if we don't forgive. The next thing I want to talk about is being a part of the team, being a teammate, being an encourager. I think we could probably do an entire lesson on the need to be an encourager but I can't stress enough how important it is. And we read that in our verse earlier about the importance of being an encourager. And I think sometimes we do a great job of being an encourager. And I think sometimes we do a great job of lifting one another up and building each other up. But what happens when negative things happen? Unfortunately, when negative things happen, you tell 10 people, right? But when something positive happens, do we still tell 10 people? Do we still lift one another up? When somebody falls down, do we pick them up and say, hey, it's okay, we all make mistakes. I'm here for you, and I love you. You're part of my family, and I want to do right by you. I want to do what's best for you. If we turn over to 1 Thessalonians five eleven, it tells us, so encourage each other and build each other up, just as you have already been doing. My favorite part of that verse is the last part, where it says, just as you have already been doing. So he instructs us to encourage one another. He instructs us to build one another up. Because that is so important, and that's why we have Bible studies, where we have opportunities to grow closer together and to build relationships. That's why we have service projects, where we're able to work side by side with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're able to build each other up and get to know one another and encourage one another. You know, as I've been preparing this week for my sermon, I've gotten multiple text messages, emails, Facebook posts, etc., of people encouraging me, saying, hey, you got this, you can do this. And isn't that exactly what we need to do with our brothers and sisters? Isn't that exactly what we need to be doing for the person sitting next to you this morning? Is encouraging one another. And not just when it's something big, but every day, every Sunday, anytime they're going through a hard time, we need to encourage one another. So the next scripture that I have for you, it comes from Proverbs 27, 17. And this is one of my favorites. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so friends sharpen friends and isn't that so true we learn from one another by sitting down with people who are in different places in their lives with us we learn from one another because other people have more experiences or maybe they have more Bible knowledge than we have and they're able to share that with us we do that through small group Bible studies right we learn from one another we grow from one another I always use the example of a lawnmower now I know this is California not everybody mows their own yards in California but when I grew up in the Midwest, you always, you know, you mowed your own yard, and I use the example of a lawnmower blade. When that lawnmower blade is sharp, cutting the grass is so much easier. But if you let that, if you let that lawnmower blade get dull, your work is twice as hard. It's twice as hard, right? So we got to prepare for that. So what does that look like for a Christian? How do we sharpen our blades? Well, we sharpen our blades through prayer. We sharpen our blades through worship. We sharpen our blades through praise. We sharpen our blades by encouraging one another and others encouraging us. And that's how we sharpen our blades, right? That's how we make each other, as we talked about in the scripture, a sharp iron or a sharp lawnmower blade or a sharp Christian, right? Because we're prepared. Professional athletes spend a lot of time practicing. right, if you ever go to a major league baseball game, every single game, Before that game, they're taking ground balls and they're catching fly balls and they're taking swings in the batting cage. And these guys have been doing this their whole life. They're professional athletes. They make millions of dollars to play a game. But every day, what do they do? They practice. And we have to do the same thing, right? We have to practice every day. We need to be in prayer every day. We need to be in the Word every day. We need to be at church every time that we're able to be at church, right? Because we're sharpening those blades. We're getting ourselves ready. And just like what athletes have, they have a playbook, right? When when a quarterback, when Peyton Manning went to the Broncos from the Colts, I guarantee you one of the first things they did is they said, here's our playbook, right? And it's got plays. It's got all the different plays that they run. We have a playbook too, right? And it's called the Bible, And pretty much any situation that you can come up with, we can find a scripture for because God is all-knowing, right? And God is bigger. So he knew the types of things that we would run into 2,000 years later, and we have a playbook at our disposal. And oftentimes people say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. All we have to do is turn to our playbook. Okay? And the time to turn to our playbook is not when. When we need it. The time to turn to our playbook is before we need it. Okay, players aren't out there on the field going, wait a minute, let me check the book. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. I'm ready. They don't do that, right? They, they put the preparation in. They put the study time in. They learn the plays. That's the same thing that we need to do as we read our Bibles, as we learn the plays, so that when that time comes, we're ready. Okay, we have an opportunity to store up, right? When we come to church on Sunday mornings, what are we doing? We're storing up. Right? We're learning, we're praising, we're worshiping, we're singing, we're storing up. Now we may not need it right now, right? Because when we're inside this building and we're among our family with our church, it's easy, right? Easy to be a Christian while we're all here this morning, right? What what easier place could there possibly be? But when we need it is when we walk out the back door. When we need it is when we go to work tomorrow. So this morning we're storing up, right? We're filling up the tanks so that when we go out into the world, we're ready. But we have to do our part, which is to prepare, and we have to learn and we have to grow and we have to be ready when that time comes because it's not when you're in the heat of the moment that's when you need to call on your reserves that's when you need to bring out the information that you've studied and the information that you've learned so again if I don't leave you with anything else today I'm not done quite yet so don't don't pack up yet but if I don't leave you with anything else today it's that we need to encourage our brothers and sisters and that we need to be prepared And if you don't take anything else away from today please take that away from today so we've talked about defense very important we've talked about being a part of the team equally as important so let's talk about the fun stuff right offense I used to help coach little league baseball and all the kids want to do is hit right when do I get to bat I want to play offense they don't want to take ground balls they don't want to take fielding practice they don't want to catch pop flies they want to hit Well, as Christians, our offense is just as important, only we're not swinging a baseball bat or we're not throwing a football. But Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Okay, and I know that's a very familiar scripture to all of us, but isn't that our offense? Okay, we talked about not letting the enemy score. That's our defense. But where does our offense come in? Our offense is when we're able to preach the word when we're able to teach the word when we're able to lead others to christ by our actions and some of you might be saying but wait a minute god's not going to use me god can't use me because i don't have enough time god can't use me because i'm too young god can't use me because i don't want to get up in front of the entire church and preach a sermon and that's okay or you might be saying god can't use me because I can't be a worship leader. Well, guess what? Neither can I. <laughs> Thank goodness for people like Ed, who were able to get up here and sing, because I couldn't carry a tune if my life depended on it. But let's look at some examples from the Bible. God used Abraham. Let's just be frank. Abraham was old, right? How old was Abraham? Old, right? And God still used him. Noah drank. God still used him. David had an affair. God used him. Jacob was a cheater. Paul was a murderer. Martha was a worrier. Sarah was impatient. Lazarus was dead. Right? Sounds funny, right? But God still used him. So God can use each and every one of us. And I believe that God wants to use each and every one of us. And no, maybe it's not up here preaching a sermon. And no, maybe it's not leading worship. And maybe it's not teaching a children's lesson. But God can use each of us in our own ways. And it's our job to find that. Because I believe that God has an intent and a purpose for every person in this room. And I believe that if he didn't we wouldn't be here. Because if God wasn't still using us, what would be the point of us being here? But there's work to be done and he wants to use us. But we have to be open to that and we have to be tuned into that. You know, (laughs) it's very ironic and and, you know they say be careful what you pray for. It's very ironic because the very first time that I got up here I had been talking with my wife and I had been praying that God would find a new way to use me. Because I felt like I had unused potential that I wasn't being used to glorify God the way that it could be. And lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, I get asked to come up here for the first time, which has obviously changed my life and has actually got me thinking down different paths in my life. And I believe that this is how God wants to use me. And yeah, I'm no Jason Darden. I'm not as good as Jason. That's like being asked to fill in for Peyton Manning. But, but my point is I believe that God wants to use me and God can use me. And I need to be open to that. And people have told me, why would you want to preach? Preachers don't make any money. I'm not trying to make money, but I believe that God can use me. And if that's the way that God wants to use me and he's going to help me to get better and he's going to help put things on my heart to talk to, to talk to people about like I'm doing this morning, then I want to be open to that and I want to use that regardless of the other circumstances, regardless of people who may say, you know what, you can't do that. Or why would you want to do that? It doesn't matter. It's all about how God is going to use us. The next scripture that I want to share with you is gonna be Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to you, your Father who is in heaven. So maybe your calling is not to teach a class. Maybe your calling is not to preach a sermon or to lead worship. We talk about this a lot with the youth group. Not everybody's a preacher and that's okay. Not everybody's a teacher and that's okay too. But what's the one thing we can do every single day when we walk out that back door is to let our light shine, right? Because for some people, you may be the only Bible they ever see. It's your life. It's how do you live. And that's what's going to point people to you. And we talk about this all the time in youth group is the kids will sometimes say, well, I'm not going to go to school and talk to people about Christ. You don't have to. It's all about your light. It's about how you live your life. It's about how others see you. It's about letting others see Christ in you, right? Because we're not going to be Christ. We're not going to be perfect, and we're certainly going to make mistakes. But if others can see the love that we have in our hearts and they can see that the actions that we do, then just maybe that'll lead them to say, you know what? There's something different about Don, and I want to know what that something different is. Why is he happy all the time? Everybody else is all stressed out, and Don's smiling. Why? Why? I don't understand. And maybe that gives him the opportunity to say, because I have Christ in my life. I mean, what a better way to lead people in the direction of Christ without having to, again, preach a sermon or teach a class or whatever the case may be. We all have the opportunity to simply live a Christ-like life and let others see that in us. And if we can do that, maybe that's God's way of using you. I don't know. I don't know what God, how God's gonna use us. I don't know how God's gonna use me next. I don't know how he's gonna use my family, but I know that he's got a plan. And I know that if I just listen to that plan, I got nothing to worry about, right? Because we worship and we serve an amazing living God. And he can do all things. And he can do anything. But we have to be willing to listen and we have to be willing to let him do those things in our lives. We need to get in the game. Right? Because if we stand on the sidelines the rest of our life, what's going to happen? We all read the parable of the talents, right? Or last week, I think it was. Jason went over the parable of the talents. And what happened to the person who didn't use their talents? Called him a wicked servant. He cast him out. We don't want to make it one day to judgment only to find out, you didn't use any of the talents that I gave you. Why not? I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> right so we want to be ready we want to use the talents that we're given so I actually have something I want to share with you folks it's a short video and I'll explain the reason for it afterwards but I hope that you guys will enjoy this mic sound great opportunity you should not have any doubt in your mind about what you're supposed to do tonight And about how you're supposed to do it this is your time now i don't want them to gain another yard we got to go out there and we got to take it take their game and you shove it right back in their face that's how winning is done team is something you belong to something you feel something you have to earn if we don't come together it's over and I guarantee a week won't go by in your life. You won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of them. I'll ask you one last time. To be the best that you can be. Play like champions. Win. It's about heart. It's about who can go out there and play the hardest. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. I don't care what the scoreboard says. At the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. In any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die, willing to take the hit, who's going to win that itch. Let me tell you something, you don't let anything, nothing, come between us. On this team, we fight, and we shut them down, because we can't. Between what we just heard and our walk as a Christian because I hope that that fired you up a little bit and obviously we're not going out to play a basketball game and we're not going out to play a hockey game but we're warned in the Bible that our, that the time is coming and I believe that that time is now and let's think about some of the things that we saw in the video about working hard right about being willing to take a hit and getting back up and keeping going so we're not playing a game today but however our life is much like a game every day. We have to be prepared. We have to be willing to go out and fight for what we believe in. We have to be willing to take some hits. We have to be willing to get knocked down. But the key is, are we going to get back up and keep playing until that final buzzer? If you would pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Lord's Day that you've given us. And we are so thankful for this time that we've had to come together this morning to learn another portion of your word, to sing songs of praise to you. And we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you will help us stay in the game at all times. We pray that you will give us the strength and the understanding and the courage that when things get tough that we do want to be in the game, that we are not sitting on the sidelines, that we are being an active Christian and that we are doing the things that are going to please you on a daily basis. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.